0: Welcome to another episode of the More Love Podcast with Helen Reynolds. Today, I actually have a guest with me in the podcast recording room, which is quite unusual and rather pleasant. I'm talking, or well, we're talking with James Willis today. He's a lovely friend of mine, um, has helped me on my journey many times, and he's received something that I think will be of great benefit to a lot a lot of people, but I'll, I'll leave the, the reveal to James because I think it's very beautiful. Without a great long introduction I'd like to hand over to James but his gift to share with us today alongside his really interesting story is this bridging opportunity to to help us have words that that bring us from a Christian an old Christian language into the new energy and the new awakening that we can all feel happening on the planet so It's a great honour to have you, James. Thank you very much for joining me on the More Love podcast.
1: Thanks, Helen. It's really nice to be here. So I'll start the story. Um, A few months ago, I was doing something extremely mundane at home and into my head popped the line, our father, who art my constant friend and guide, and There was nothing else. It was just that line. And for me, uh, anything that starts with our our Father who art uh, leads immediately to the Lord's Prayer. And I have to tell you that I was sent to a Christian boarding school at the age of eight, and I stayed there till I was 17, which meant that eight times a week, uh, for 40 weeks of the year for seven or eight years, we said the Lord's Prayer out loud, as in, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, etc.
0: kingdom come, thy will be done. Mm.
1: And so I was puzzled by that line turning up, but nothing else came, and I had nothing else, didn't really think any more about it, and went back to the mundane stuff, whatever it was I was doing. And the next day, uh, again, in the middle of... Um, not thinking about anything in particular, the line turned up, thy kingdom is within me and thy creation is unfolding here and now as I speak. And this sort of stopped me in my tracks rather because, you know, the line in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the association was obvious, but there was still no follow-up. It was just the line. And I thought, okay, well, I'll give it one more try. If another line turns up, I'll start paying some attention and assume there's a purpose in all this. The next day, I think it was, or fairly soon afterwards, another line turned up, which was, and the only forgiveness required is by me of myself. And, you know, the line in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses. Hmm. So at that point, I said, "Okay, I will sit down at the computer and I'll write these three lines down, which I did. And promptly, some more arrived. And it arrived in not in order, I have to tell you, but um, piecemeal over the next few days, I got all the lines that made up a different version of the Lord's Prayer. And... uh, my journey between leaving school um, nearly sixty years ago and now has been a intermittent but um, very rewarding spiritual path, I guess, and i 'm in a space where i have i see things totally differently to how I did when I was eighteen, which is really good news <laughs> um, <coughs> anyway um the I put all the lines together that I got and... um,
0: Would you read them to us? It's very beautiful.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll read it to you now. And it goes like this. Our Father, my constant friend and guide, help me to see your light in every brother and sister I meet and to live in the knowing that thy name is love. Thy kingdom is within me and thy creation is unfolding here and now. As I speak, consciously living in the flow of loving creation fulfills all needs to perfection, and the only forgiveness required is by me of myself, and then I can know who I truly am. Living as who I truly am, I know not of temptation, and what I once saw as evil is a call for love that I can help to answer. For in reality, You and I, Father, are one, and ours is the kingdom, and we are the power and the glory. In this eternal moment of now, I am one with thee. Amen.
0: It's so beautiful.
1: So I put the lines together and found that there was some corrections turned up as I was typing them, reading them back and things. And I sent a copy to Helen and some other friends and said, what do you think of this? And the answer came back, it's lovely, you need to do something with it. Mm. And having got the thing, I realised that I had no idea at all what I was supposed to do with the thing. Mm. I mean, the big question came, of course, in my mind was, why me? You know, I haven't been uh, any sort of church-going Christian since I left school. I've done lots of other stuff, but... um, Church hasn't been one of them, and the Lord's Prayer certainly hasn't. And I don't have any sort of presence on social media, so it isn't that you know I can put something on my Facebook page and a million people are going to read it, <laughs> or anything useful like that. So I was genuinely puzzled, because I loved what it was, and I can see the relationship so clearly to the Lord's Prayer as it was taught traditionally to me when I was at school. So I asked the question, uh, in meditation, I've been a daily meditator for a long time, and I asked the question: Okay, guys, thank you for this, but you know, what am I supposed to do with it, and why? You know what what's it about? And the answer I got was: As the world wakes up, which is what is happening right now, there will be many people who are coming out of a formalized Christian tradition for whom the Lord's Prayer is Bread and butter, they know it, they love it, they use it. But their awakening awareness is showing them that um, our understanding of reality on a spiritual path um, is changing and that the way the Lord's Prayer was originally phrased is perhaps um, catering to a sense of separation. Um, Our Father who art in heaven... And heaven is not commonly believed to be here where I live. Mm. Not many people, if you ask them where they live, would say, I live in heaven. Um, you know, it might be uh, Toowoomba or Sydney or um, the world, but it's unlikely to be heaven. So
0: We certainly see heaven as a place we might go after death, don't we, typically? Right. Yeah, that's mm.
1: the sort of standard Christian's answer. So I... Don't I don't know if you want me to go through every line about the relationship, but I saw it as, or I was told that what it is, is a stepping stone, something that people who realize that you know there's there's another way of looking at uh, at reality, and yet they're they're coming out of a Christian tradition that might help them, see things differently and realize that there's a different way of looking at at things.
0: I think it would be really lovely to go through each line if you're willing
1: okay well can i just answer the other bit of the question was uh, that i was asking was what am i supposed to do oh
0: yes of course my apologies uh,
1: the answer was um you remember the line in the prayer you just wrote about um living in the flow of loving creation fulfills all needs to perfection so it's not something that you james really need to worry too much about because um the creative flow will take care of it so um shall we
0: yes do this shall i mm. read the line and you can explain okay our father my constant friend and guide
1: well that's our father who art in heaven mm. and to me and i think you know the as we've said the the orthodox christian tradition is that heaven is somewhere else and the concept of um, what do I call it? Modern spirituality with the path, the awakening, is that the new. The new is that heaven isn't somewhere else at all, and nor is God. Mm. You know, God is everywhere. So, uh,
0: I like that it's my constant friend, as opposed to that sense of judgment that mm-hmm. can also come with with the concept of or the labelling of God. So the next line, help me to see your light in every brother and sister I meet.
1: Well, that doesn't have a a parallel particularly, um, but it's just what turned up. And it's the basic request that the realisation that God is here and everywhere, if I can see God's light in everybody that I meet, um, it will help me. <clears throat> step out of judgment mm. and um, feel part of humanity mm. and part of the all that is. Mm. Part of unity.
0: One of my, this is a little aside, but related to that line, on my fridge is a quote, I'm sure it's from Mahatma Gandhi, but I'll check when I write the show notes. The quote is, uh, if you don't see God in the next person you meet, stop looking. And I've just always really loved that because we all carry the connection to unity. So that's to the me, that's what that line means to me. And the next, and to live in the knowing that thy name is love.
1: Well, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And it doesn't actually, the prayer doesn't mention a name for the Father, it just sticks with with Father. But again, the new understanding is that the essence of who and what God is, is love. Mm. And if I can, as it says, if I can live in the knowing that thy name is love, I will see the world differently.
0: Mm. Thy kingdom is within me and thy creation is unfolding here and now as I speak.
1: The line, the original prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And again, earth and heaven are being spoken of as though they are different places. So thy kingdom come, well, thy kingdom is within me. And thy creation, which is the unfolding reality, um, is here and now. We're, we are living like a surfer riding the face of a wave. We're living on the, wave, on the edge of the wave of creation. And it's here and now, right now, this second.
0: And I really appreciate the word creation in this prayer. I think we often think of creation as in the future and it brings it into the mm. present. The next line, consciously living in the flow of loving creation fulfills all needs to perfection.
1: So the, uh, the parallel line is, give us this day our daily bread. And so that's, in a way, just saying, give us what we need. But consciously living in the flow of loving creation uh, fulfills all needs to perfection. And we we don't need to live in a sense of need as a sense of lack. If we step into the flow, and the flow of loving creation is a way of expressing that, if we step into that flow, then our needs will be met and we can stop worrying and let go of the stress that ah, i need i want ah, <laughs> it'll 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 get fixed
0: and the only forgiveness required is by me of myself mm. this is a tough one
1: <laughs> and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us once again this is this you know you can see this as as separation and um, it's a journey that, you know, it's part of my personal journey, I guess. But as I say, the line turned up. I promise I didn't make this up. <laughs> um, and it's a deep understanding that I resonated with. The the only forgiveness that I need to worry about is me forgiving myself because um, I could Sidetrack here, do you mind if I sidetrack? Absolutely, track I love a sidetrack. <clears throat> um, one of the, in about uh, 1980, um, personal growth became a fashion in Australia and there was a huge personal growth movement started in Sydney and um, due to some junk mail, which junk mail at that time I usually threw away without reading but I read this bit just by chance of course, and it invited me to a group who were going to teach me how to meditate and talk about personal growth. And spur-of-the-moment decision, I decided to, to go along. And they did teach me how to meditate, and I've meditated ever since. But in hindsight, what came out for me from that couple of years I spent with them was I really, really got it that there is no such thing as a victim. There is no such thing as an accident, and there is no such thing as a coincidence. That we are creating what happens to us for a reason. We may not understand the reasons at the time, but we are creating it. And I didn't realize the value of that lesson, and and again, it was a hindsight thing, that for about 25 years after that... um, I was involved in a number of jobs that involved helping people. I worked for charities, I worked for government organisations, always trying to get people out of messes. And I noticed that the people I worked with often uh, got very stressed. They went into burnout. They um, tended to buy into the issues that the client or the person we were trying to help was having. And I never did. And it wasn't, again, until I looked back at it that I realised that that was why. Because they saw the people needing help as victims. And I saw people who were creating a mess in their lives and didn't understand why and simply needed help to get out. And I didn't need to buy into, oh, this is all awful. Because it was, you know, in a big-picture sense it was what was needed to teach everybody involved in the situation a lesson and all my role was to simply help them understand what the lesson was and help te- and teach that help them learn how to get out of their own mess so that they don't get into another one and um so that enabled me both to help the people not buy into it uh, not buy into their issues and ultimately I found myself helping the people who were getting burnout because they were buying into it, helping them to see it differently. So it was a it was a life changing set of lessons for me. And that's why um the um where were we? The forgiveness line yep. um was was so relevant for me. Because the only person that has created a problem is basically me. So if I can forgive myself and let go of the of whatever it was that was making me do that, then I can be lighter and freer and move through life more smoothly. I don't need to do it again.
0: So with the forgiveness, uh, I'll just read the two lines together because I think they're really beautiful. And the only forgiveness required is by me of myself and then I can know who I truly am. We spend so much of our lives not knowing who we truly are. Absolutely. Mm. What was the old line? Forgive us our trespasses, for we forgive those, for those who trespass, trespass against, against
1: us. us. Lead us not into temptation. temptation. Mm.
0: And the temptation is the separation, isn't it?
1: And that's the next line in the prayer. Living is who I truly am.
0: Of temptation and what I once saw as evil is a call for love that I can help to answer. Tell us about that line. Mm.
1: Well, uh, the old line was, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then, and again, this is about God out there or something out there helping us, whereas you know, it's something in here that we can do. Um, and as that, I just love that line <laughs> living is who I truly am, I know not of temptation. Because what can I be tempted to do when I know, really know who I am and what I'm doing here and anything that happens to me, seems to happen to me, is, is my creation. This is, this is my, my stuff. And what I once saw as evil is a call for love that I can help to answer. Because it's so easy um, to look at, uh, inverted commas, bad stuff going on out there in the world. People doing evil things and you know, people are uh sometimes described as as evil this and evil that. Mm. And what is it, what's really going on? And looking at it from a big picture sense, someone who's doing um hurting other people, firstly, um, there are no accidents and no coincidences, so the people being hurt in a sense are are getting what they want out of it, however hard that is. To believe, And I realise there are some instances where that seems really difficult, but um, it's what they need, what the perpetrator, apparent perpetrator, really needs is love. Because love will allow them to see what they're doing and mean that they don't need to do it
0: anymore. What I love about your prayer, or the prayer, our new Lord's Prayer, is that it, it's calling us to see the unity. It's it's the words bring us into unity, which leads us perfectly into the next part of the prayer. For in reality, you and I, Father, are one, and ours is the kingdom. We are the power and the
1: glory. So the original um, line was, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And once again, this is making it seem it's back into the, the separation. And um if God is everywhere in everything, if He is the, the motivating force behind the spin of every atom and the growth of every tree and the beauty of every rock, then it's everywhere. It's not out there somewhere else. Mm. And it's our bodies made up of atoms too. Well, if he spins every atom, then he spins every atom in our body. And I use he purely for convenience here. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's seeing it as life in its grandest form.
0: In this eternal moment of now, I am one with thee. Amen.
1: Yeah, well, there are lots of uh, spiritual tracts about time and time is something that we've created because we can't hope we can't cope with our human mind can't cope with everything happening in the same moment but um the eternal moment of now um is there, is there is I know it's very difficult concept to put across but um that now is just this infinitely stretched moment mm-hmm. and it's the only time there is If I can throw in this as an irrelevance. Absolutely. Um, That (coughs) original and first ever piece of automatic writing I did. Mm -hmm. Um, Can I just tell you what it said? Because it totally stuck. (laughs) It said, (coughs) think not that you stand still in a river of moving time, but rather that you ride the moment of now as it passes changing shores. For love is of the stream and not upon the shore.
0: It is a hard transition to leap into the new paradigm of time, yet it's all happening to us. So we've finished the prayer, but there's so much more you can share. Would you tell us a little bit more about some of the experiences you've had that have brought you to the ability to channel such a beautiful thing for us Mm -hmm. or to receive such a beautiful thing for us?
1: Well, back in the early 80s, um, a friend that I met through the personal growth movement was in a spiritual healing group and um, he asked me if I would like to, to join. And I went and met the lady who ran it and her name was Yvonne and she was a spitten image of madame blavatsky and this was i couldn't believe it when i saw her because i had read about theosophy and uh, madame blavatsky was the originator of theosophy and um, she not only you could put a photograph of madame blavatsky beside her and you'd say well this is the same person it was that she was that identical and she even had the, um, the physical issues with uh, spine and neck that Madame Blavatsky had suffered from. And um, this lady, Yvonne, was well aware that you know, she had been Madame Blavatsky and was in touch with, via, via channeling means, um, the ascended masters that Madame Blavatsky had worked with. And she ran a spiritual healing group helping all sorts of people. And there were about oh, ten or fifteen people who turned up at her place once a week. And the first time that I was in that I was going to go to a meeting, it wasn't a meeting at, at her house, it was it was somewhere else and I've forgotten the whys and wherefores of that. But there were you know, loosely the people in the group turned up and they did their thing. And then she said, um, Yvonne said, Well, now we're going to there are certain people in the group who are going to channel for us. And um, and she said, this is the order we're going to do it in. And she rattled off names around the circle. And in the series of name was James. And I'd never channeled in my life. And I looked at her in total astonishment and she just smiled and nodded at me. And um, I was left thinking, well, <laughs> what am I going to do? You know, I didn't, um, I'd heard of channeling. I don't think at that stage, oh, yeah, I had heard a couple of channels but it really, really wasn 't my reality at all for me, and uh you know people started talking around the group, and it was getting closer and closer to my turn and The person sitting next to me started talking, and I thought, "Oh hell, um, what am I going to do? Am I just going to say, "Look you know make some noise like that and <laughs> and bow out and as I could sense the lady next to me winding up suddenly this incredible sense of peace came over me and it's as though there was a being standing beside me saying, just calm down, it's okay, I'll tell you what to say. And it wasn't that I could see someone or feel someone, but that was the inner experience. And so she finished talking and I was completely calm and I just opened my mouth and these words came out. And I have no recollection at all of what I said or what it was about. But I said what was there, and when it finished, I stopped. And when the session was finished, um, I said to the person sitting next to me, I said, did anything I say make any sense at all? And she said, it was great. It was perfect. Why? I I didn't know her, but I went to talk to Yvonne, and Yvonne said, yeah, I just knew that that was going to be fine. Um, It was all okay. And I said, the name I got, um, from the person uh, I had the sense of the name Philip but I don't know anyone called Philip and you know who was Philip and she said well um, did you ever read the Bible and I said well yes and she said well do you remember there was an apostle called Philip and I said yes and she said well that's who it was. Ah okay. So that was my first experience of channeling And after that, obviously, I was more confident that it would work, so to speak. Um, And another thing that happened, um, in about 84, I was part of her group, and um, I was living in Australia. My parents were in England. And my father in the UK, he was in his early 70s, and he'd had an operation for prostate cancer a couple of years ago half a dozen years before, which was successful and it was all good. And he suddenly got some complications and they advised that he was going to go back into hospital and have another operation. And it was only at like two or three days' notice. And Australia is a long way from England. And my mother was a uh, a career nurse who you know, survived through World War Two, and was quite uh, OK with hospitals and operations. Uh, she understood it all and um i got a phone call from her a couple of days later saying that my father had not come out of the anesthetic he just they'd done all the things they normally do and he hadn't woken up and they were thinking that he was going to die because his you know his vital systems were were going down and um for various organizational reasons um it was really complicated for me to drop everything and fly to the uk um and there was no internet and there were no mobile phones and you know telephone calls were expensive and it was you know it was more complicated than it, it would be pre covid days let's say um anyway uh, about a day later he he did indeed pass on and um i talked to my mum who coped absolutely brilliantly i think she'd seen so many people die as a result of being a nurse in the war that you know she she was just okay with it and their lives were organised. But for me personally, um, I had this feeling that it it was an ending. It was an end because my father had had an amazing, complicated life. He'd been born and brought up in India, and he'd done all sorts of things there, which I'd never really got the full story of. And I was planning a trip back to the UK in a couple of years. One of the things I wanted to do was sit down with him and really learn about his life, his early life that I'd you know, had no knowledge of, or very little. So I was sort of imbued with this feeling of the, there was an end, and the word ending kept kept coming up for me. And um, so the next time I was um, in the um, spiritual group meeting, we had a meditation, as we always did. And in the meditation, um, I was suddenly in the space. I don't know if you've have you ever seen a, an aeroplane do the smoke writing in the sky. Yeah, well, it was like my internal view of the sky and there were these words written across it as though there was an aeroplane writing it, only they were written in fire. Mm. And it was really bright and it was really real. (coughs) And the word said, in this universe, there are no endings. There are only new beginnings. Mm. And I am, in capital letters, the river of life that joins new beginnings to new beginnings. Sorry, just gets me emotional, but it was so clear, and I, f- I, f- I was left feeling, wow, well, wow. that was the answer to my feeling that this was an ending, and the whole issue for me disappeared because I knew that it wasn't an ending. Whatever I needed to know, I would know, and it was fine. So I've had, you know, a number of other. I've been a daily meditator for 40 years and um, some of the experiences I've had are so trivial and non-existent that you, know, you don't want to know about them. And some, for me, have been you know life-changing and, and shattering and uh, been a, a wonderful tool for me because when anything is going wrong, in inverted commas, <coughs> I can address it in meditation and attain some sort of inner peace. About it. I learned through meditation a way to stop my thoughts. You know, most people have this endless thought stream that just goes blah, 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 absolutely. Blah. <clears throat> Particularly if you're, as I was um, working a full time job, I had three kids, uh, we lived on a rural property. You know, life is busy and complicated, and it's very easy to lose yourself in this endless blah blah blah, blah that goes through your head. And um, I was told one day, it's really easy to stop that. I thought, oh, yeah, how do you do that? <laughs> and I was just given four words. Mm-hmm. And they said, try these four words. But mean them when you say them. And can I share what oh, I was told? please
0: do. Mm. But
1: please realise if you're listening to this that these were the words that worked for me. They're not necessarily going to work for anybody else but the words were i am perfect peace and the first time i did it i remember i was walking from the house out to the some water tanks we've got and i was my mind was going round about watering horses and blah, 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 and i thought i just need to stop this and i did i am perfect peace and everything stopped i stopped walking i also stopped breathing which was a problem i had to overcome and the thought stream was cut off like someone had chopped it. And it was absolute silence. And in that instance, I was aware of, um, oh, do you want to call them my higher self or something, another presence was standing behind my right shoulder saying, see, <laughs> you can stop it. And ever after, it just it works. If I need to, if I'm conscious, I do it less now than I used to get caught up in the, in the rush, but I can stop it by just saying that. And then I realised, of course, that actually that isn't one sentence, it's two sentences. I am, full stop, perfect peace.
0: Seems a shame to start talking. <laughs> actually, I would like to ask you one more question before we wrap up. Oh, look at that green. How do we bring that kind of line of exploration and experience backed a new Lord's prayer
1: it's I'm interested that almost everything that I read the stuff on YouTube the acknowledged gurus who talk about stuff over the last six twelve months the message has got narrower and narrower uh, and people saying well what do I have to do and how do I do that and it's all coming down you don't have to do anything find out who you are be that and everything else will flow and it's that's the sort of it's the space that I'm in that I've stopped worrying about what do I have to do because all I have to do really all I have to do is be who I am and be consciously in the loving flow of creation because that's that's what it is it you just I feel like I've stepped out of day-to-day life. My life, the basic mechanics of my life changed dramatically in the last six months. Mm. And I can stop worrying about all sorts of things that you know, used to be a problem and let go of masses of things that I used to hang on to and just be who I am, where I am. And this sort of experience is the result. Mm. Mm-hmm. And this sort of experience, you know, the the prayer thing. The receiving is, the prayer. Yeah, it's just... Well, what's coming next? I don't know. (laughs) What what, what, what am I going to, where am I going to be in six months? I haven't got a clue. And it really doesn't worry me because it's just one foot in front of the other.
0: Yeah. In this extended moment of time.
1: And, you know, just, just, can I just throw one more? Yes. It's only about three months ago that I thought, I was thinking about this voice behind my right shoulder. Oh,
0: that's right. I forgot I even asked yeah. you about it.
1: And um, I said, um, I did one of my I am perfect piece, stop. I learned to stop to keep breathing, by the way. It was important. <laughs> um, and it's interesting also, it's this kind of personal, but my sense of that voice being behind my right shoulder, only a matter of very few months ago, he suddenly stopped being behind my right shoulder and he's moved inside me. It's like he's stepped round behind me and stepped into me. And I don't see him as outside me anymore. And it just comes back to that's who I am. And I'm I've got no idea what's going to happen in 10 minutes time or tomorrow or next year. I'll just I'll just go with the flow. Not push that I have to achieve something because I keep being told, just be, and step one is know that you are love personified, and be that so you know it's about not i mean I a couple of months ago i was I was in a good space and I was sitting in um, Grand Central here in Toowoomba, waiting for something or other. And I realized that as I was watching the people walking past, I was making subconscious judgments about the way they were dressed, or the way they walked, or the way they looked, or the way their hair was done. Not yucky stuff particularly, but I was nevertheless making a judgment of some sort about them. And having realized I was doing it, I could stop. And and now I I consciously don't do that. You know. As a human being. And at an ultimate level of reality, that's me. And if we react, I'm reacting with myself. Mm. If we interact, I mean, I'm interacting with myself. Mm. Even if I don't now consciously know that end of it, I know this end of it. Mm. Mm. And it's that coming together. Would you wrap
0: up with a few words about the flow? How to be in the flow or experiencing the flow. It's come up for you in really dramatic ways in your life Mm. more than once. Mm.
1: I think um, recognising what people call synchronicity. Yes. It's those chance things. Hang on, chance? It's a bit of a long shot. (laughs) (laughs) over and over again in so many little ways. Um, I can't think of a instantly good example. Oh, um, long time ago, um, late 80s, I lived in the country north of Crowsnest. And um, I remember so clearly that one day we created an organic garden and I was walking out of the house to go to do pick tomatoes or something. I've forgotten what. And as I was walking, I saw so clearly what my eyes could see from up here. But I was also under the ground and I was watching this person who was me walking along and the ground was transparent. And every time my foot came down, a hand went up and made the earth solid underneath my foot. And it was I was going i you can't see this, but <laughs> i was uh, i was underneath you were being supporting supporting every footfall, and it only lasted ten seconds, but it was so clear and had a significant- a great impact on me and I remembered it remembered it very clearly if oh, about two or three months ago, I was taking a walk around where I'm living now, and suddenly, as I was walking along. I looked down and realised that the road looked different. I was walking along a piece of road and there were trees on either side of where I was walking. And my eyes followed the road out into the trees and there was no separation between the road and the trees. It was all the same stuff. And the trees were all the same as the road. And I looked down at my feet and my feet were the same as the road. It was all the same stuff. And... All the colour had sort of gone out of it and it was all one thing and I looked around and realised that the air was the same stuff too and the air was transparent and lighter than tarmac and the air was coming into me and I was the road and I was the trees and it was just everything was there that instant and it I don't know, maybe lasted 30 seconds. And it was that incredible feeling of at-oneness with everything. It was all the same. I was it and it was me. No separation from anything. And that was, for me, an ultimate example of being in the flow.
0: Wow. Well, while we are all left with that, that's made me feel spacious inside, so I'm just going to hold on to that and I think we'll just wrap up, shall we? Thank, Thank you, you so much, James. What an incredible sharing. And uh, for listeners who might be on the road at the moment or unable to write down the prayer, you know, of course it'll be in the show notes on my website um, and that'll be, that'll be one place you can look. Uh, Anyway, thank you so much, James, for sharing so much heart, so much experience and so much of yourself on the More Love podcast.
1: Thank you, Helen, for the opportunity and the love. Uh Thank you.
0: So that's it for this episode of the More Love podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find the show notes for this episode and a new Lord's Prayer that James has received for the benefit of us all. Uh, Just head to livetrutoyou.com. And you can also find links through to that website through the socials, which I live true to you with heart. Until we meet again, thank you so much.